Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and follow your soul calling with crystals. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we'll explore a fun way to protect your home with crystal grid energy. So we're talking about energetic protection and setting energetic boundaries, as well as a bit of cleansing for your space using crystals. But before we get started, I'd like to answer one of our listener questions. Remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com slash ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from Georgie, and Georgie asks, how can I cleanse my crystals without using sage or palo santo? Georgie, I am so glad that you asked this question, and just a little background Um, For some of you who may be wondering, well, why on earth would you not want to use sage or palo santo for cleansing your stones? Um, You know, this is something that a lot of people, myself included, have done in the past, but are consciously making a shift to no longer include in our crystal work. The reason being for myself as a white woman, it is culturally appropriative for me to use something like white sage or palo santo and mimic the act of smudging. So although this is something I was taught to do by some of my crystal teachers, although it's something I did for many years, I have made a conscious choice to no longer participate in this practice because of the harm that it causes to indigenous people and communities, as well as because of the potential ecological damage in terms of over-harvesting of materials like sage or palo santo. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, you know, I use sage or palo santo, but I'm really honoring those people. I'm honoring those traditions. Let me tell you, I understand. I used to feel that way myself, but after listening to many, many indigenous leaders and activists and voices on this subject, really, truly, I was not honoring those people. And my guess is if you do some soul searching and you really listen to what people have to say, um, what indigenous people have to say, who are from the tribes that use smudging as a method of cleansing, you will likely realize that you are not, in fact, honoring the tradition or the people. And so um, if you're like me, you do a ton of research on this, you listen to a lot of voices, and you come to the conclusion for yourself that... Yes, actually, this is an act of harm. I no longer want to participate in this process. I no longer want to use these plants that are sacred medicines, the white sage and the palo santo. What can you do instead? Because many of us, this is the way that we were taught to cleanse our crystals in the kind of metaphysical space. So Georgie's question 
how can I cleanse my crystals without using sage or Palo Santo is an excellent question. And there are very many ways, Georgie. The good news is there are very, very many ways. So there are these kind of more ubiquitous ways of cleansing, like cleansing with water. Water has been used in cultures across the globe for millennia for cleansing and purification, as well as something like sound. Um, You can use bells, chimes, anything like that, and use the sound vibration for cleansing not only your crystals, but also your space and your own energy field. So it's kind of multi-purpose, which is great. Now, if you'd like to learn some more ways to cleanse your crystals and, in fact, get some more in-depth information about this, I do have a blog post on my website over at loveandlightschool.com called 10 Surefire Ways to Cleanse Your Healing Crystals. So if you hover over resources, click on blog, and then just type cleanse in the search bar, it's, I think, the second article that pops up. And so you can read about 10 prominent different ways of cleansing and hopefully find one that feels like a good fit for you. Georgie also asks, how many crystals should I have on my bedside table and do I have too much? Georgie, this is also an excellent question and one that I get pretty frequently, but the real answer here is, you know, each person's going to be a little bit different. It's too much when you feel like it's too much. I will say, think about your intention and the reason behind having those crystals there. Think about what the purpose of each and every stone is. And if you can't put a purpose to the stone, then it's probably just clutter. So really think about this intentionally as you're placing crystals there, and especially on the bedside table where you are sleeping in that space, you're trying to relax in that space. Make sure that the intention or purpose for why you're working with each stone there is in alignment with how you're using that space, primarily, I would imagine, for sleeping. Georgie also asks, what are some great crystals for kids? Well, with most kids, you can, of course, just use the same crystals that you would for adults with, you know, specific purpose and intention in mind. But I think what's really fun is to allow kids to sort of play and explore and choose some crystals for themselves. So I have another article on the blog that you may be interested in over at loveandlightschool.com and it's called Crystals for Kids, Teaching Children About Crystal Energy for Healing and More. And I kind of go through, you know, I'm not a parent, I'm not um, a caregiver at all for children, but I have had the experience of connecting with some amazing kids at my shop in Madison, Wisconsin, Mimosa Books and Gifts. And so I talk a little bit about that experience and some simple ways that you can help connect with kids and teach them about crystals. So I give some really quick and easy bullet points to share with the children in your life about how crystals are formed, crystal history, the different parts of a crystal, and what crystals can do. And then I give some little exercises to try out with kids. Of course, only do the ones that you feel are appropriate for working with your children, but I think that you'll find some really interesting and exciting exercises there, including helping kids choose a crystal. And I think it's really empowering if you can let them choose for themselves. 
Georgie also says that they found it a little bit intimidating working with crystal grids, and Georgie says, I don't have many crystals, so I'm wondering whether you can use different types of crystals for on a grid. And this is a great question, Georgie. So, so often when we see crystal grids, they're quite elaborate. They have repeating patterns of the same stones, usually in multiples of six or eight or four, it really just depends on the shape of the grid. But you don't necessarily need to do that. Instead of creating, say, a crystal grid where you have one type of stone in the center, maybe a quartz, and then six amethyst crystals around it, and you're using this grid for intuition, maybe instead you have that same quartz in the center, and if you don't have six amethyst stones to use, or six of all the same type of amethyst, then you can just use six stones for intuition. Maybe you have an amethyst, a sodalite, a piece of lapis, azurite, chrysocolla, and aqua aura quartz. That would be just fine too. It's again here really about your intention. So Georgie, thank you again so much for your questions. I hope that that was helpful. And remember, if you have a question you'd like me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or anything else you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com slash ask. The Crystal Healing Certification Program is coming soon. Want to know more? For info, free training, and to get on the list, go to crystalhealerschool.com. And now it's time for us to dive into our main topic for today, protecting your home with crystal grid energy. Now I am often asked about working with crystals for energetic protection. And I do feel that oftentimes we overemphasize the need for protection. You know, I mean, think about, we even have terms for it, like psychic attack and things like that. And personally, the main way that I protect myself, and I understand this doesn't work for everyone, and we're talking energetically here, okay, is that I choose not to give those outside influences any power over me. Now, we are talking about energetic protection here. We are not talking about physical safety, physical harm. Those things are quite different, right? And also, there are going to be some things that are out of your control as well. But if it makes you feel more empowered and happier and more secure to do a bit of energetic protection, to do a little bit of magical protection work, then by all means reach for your crystals. And I find that creating a crystal grid around my home is a really simple way to work with crystal energy for protection. So I want to share with you today a recipe that I use that you can adapt to any space. So this crystal grid recipe uses only two different types of crystals. A lot of times grids are a little bit overly complicated, but here I wanted to keep it really simple. So to create kind of an energetic shield or boundary to protect your home, you can place a piece of black tourmaline in each exterior corner. You can then go on and place a selenite, I like the long selenite blades or wands, along each of the walls as well as over any exterior doorways or windows. You don't have to put them over the interior doors of your home. And this helps energetically connect the tourmaline stones. 
the black tourmaline acts to set an energetic protective boundary around your house, while the selenite aids in cleansing and purification of any energy making its way in, which is why it's particularly important to place those pieces of selenite over the exterior doors and windows where the energy is more likely to make its way inside your home. And if you hop over to the website at loveandlightschool.com, you'll see I've made a special video this week where I actually went live on Facebook and shared a bit about creating this grid in your home, as well as an extra little bonus, sharing some of the other ways that I bring protective energy into my space using traditional folk charms and magic. So like I mentioned, my ideal grid for protecting your home with crystal grid energy would have one piece of black tourmaline in each of the exterior corners of your home, which is really simple. If you have a square or rectangular shaped home, then you would just need four pieces. But if your home makes some more twists and turns and has little parts that kind of stick out, if you were kind of considering it from a bird's eye view, like a floor plan, then you would need some more pieces. So over on the website on this week's blog, I've shared an example diagram of a home that kind of shows this ideal setup. And you can see where the doors and windows are located on this sample floor plan and where the black tourmaline and selenite pieces would be placed according to this particular floor plan. And then I kind of total up and give you a little count showing how many you would need if this is the way you were doing it. But I also give an alternative, which is a little bit more budget friendly, especially if you do have a lot of kind of twists and turns and little parts of your house that jut out, where you focus on just the exterior most points, which usually can reduce the number of stones you need by about half. And that's definitely a huge plus, especially if you are limiting your budget for the number of stones that you place because you can need quite a few to do a grid this way. Now I realize that this is a very different style of grid than most people are used to. It doesn't follow any particular sacred geometry shape and it's quite large. It's not just something that's sitting on a tabletop or in a sacred space. It's literally encompassing your entire living space. And you know, you can always adapt this for something like your office as well. So before placing the stones, I do think it's important to cleanse them just as you would if you were creating a tabletop grid. And the same as if you were creating a smaller grid, as you place each crystal, hold your intention clearly in mind. So as you're going around and placing the tourmaline in the corners and the selenite along walls to connect that tourmaline or over doors and windows, you might want to have a specific intention in mind. And this can be something like, as I place this crystal, it adds to the energy of my grid and helps to create a protective boundary around my home. Or something like, this crystal energetically protects me and my family while we're in our home. But, you know, make it really specific to your situation. Now, after you've placed the stones, it's time to activate your grid, just like you would with a smaller grid. But this is a large scale, so the activation process is a little different. And activating your grid just means to kind of energetically link or connect the crystals together. That's what really brings a grid together and makes it so powerful compared to just individual crystals. 
So to activate this large scale grid, you'll need an activation crystal. This can be a crystal point or an additional piece of selenite and kind of a wand shape. But if you don't have that, you can even just activate your grid using your finger. So point the crystal or your finger toward the first crystal in the grid. And you can start anywhere that you like, but some people like to begin with the crystal in the northernmost position. Just do what feels most natural here. And then moving around the exterior of your home from one stone to the next, and I usually move in a clockwise direction for this, you're going to draw energetic connections between each stone. By doing this, you'll connect the crystals energetically so that they're better able to act as one harmonious grid rather than just individual crystal pieces. After you've activated your grid by kind of completing this energetic circuit, making your way all the way back to the stone you started with, remember to cleanse the stones from time to time and revisit the intention you've set for your grid to be sure it's still relevant for protection. Now, in the beginning of this segment, I mentioned that I like to work with black tourmaline because it helps set an energetic boundary and I like incorporating selenite for its cleansing properties. But each of these crystals has some additional properties that I think may be useful for helping you form your intention. So for example, black tourmaline is used for protection against negative energy, for grounding to help banish any unwanted energy, to enhance your positive thinking and creativity, and for cleansing your energy body. While selenite, which is also known as gypsum or satin spar, it's really a type of gypsum, a satin spar gypsum, can be used for purification, to cleanse the energy of a space, to promote connection with your spiritual side and help aid you in personal growth, to help clear your mind, and to promote peace and harmony, which is another great reason to have it in your space. Well, I hope you found that interesting and I wish you much luck in creating your very own crystal grid for home protection. Do you feel intuitively called to work more deeply with your stones? To grow your confidence, knowledge, and connection to crystal energy beyond what you can learn on your own? Our award-winning crystal healing certification program will take you from crystal lover to a confident certified crystal healer and help you discover your soul's path and crystal purpose. Maybe you want to deepen your personal spiritual practice by connecting more deeply to your stones. Or maybe you're already working with crystals, but you want to learn some more advanced energy healing techniques. Wherever you're at on your crystal journey, the Love and Light School's CCH program can help you become the confident and intuitive crystal healer you know you can be. Are you ready to listen to the nudges from the universe and take the next steps on your crystal journey? Our CCH program is here to support you every step of the way. And now it's time for our trending this week segment. As you know, each week I bring you a quick discussion on something that's happening in the world of crystal healing and spirituality right now, or something that I'm loving that I want to share with you. And this week, I really just have a little behind the scenes thing that I want to share, which is I'm working on a brand new free training that will be available only for our Love & Light newsletter subscribers. So if you are on our email list, we will be sending you this free training shortly. You may have heard me mention it from time to time 
um, just in a casual mention in a few past episodes, but it is something I am so incredibly excited about. It's called Three Keys to Unlock Your Crystal Magic. And this is a free video training that I'll be releasing again very soon to our newsletter subscribers. If you're not yet on our email list, head over to loveandlightschool.com and you can sign up for the other free video training that I offer in the header of my website, which is how to run a crystal healing session step-by-step, or you can visit crystalhealerschool.com to get on the wait list for my upcoming crystal healing certification program. Either of those will get you on the email list so that you will be the first to receive my three keys to unlock your crystal magic training. And again, this is going to be a totally free mini course and I've been working behind the scenes to kind of put everything together and uh, sneak peek for all of you who listen to the podcast. It's going to focus on AM and PM crystal rituals, so things you can do in the morning or in the evening, and the whole idea behind this free training is to make working with your crystals more accessible and more sustainable because so often we just don't have the time or the energy to do something that feels really involved. And even though I'm calling these crystal rituals, they're really just these mini little things that you can do to feel more connected with your crystals that are really simple, but really fulfilling and rewarding. So I hope that you will enjoy it. Uh, One of the things that I've been working on that I've been doing kind of in my own practice for a while is dressing ritual candles. So the small little colorful candles that you may use for spell work or ritual or ceremony or just in your sacred space or on your altar with not only herbs, but also adding some crystals to them. So um, I was working on that a little bit today and it was super fun. So if you would like to join me very, very soon here for three keys to unlock your crystal magic, be sure you are signed up for the email list. You can join by going to loveandlightschool.com and clicking the header to sign up. You'll also get another free training if you do that, if you haven't received that one yet, or head over to crystalhealerschool.com. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's show. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And of course, if you did enjoy the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and a review at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. And I want to give a special shout out today to Anna H who says a go to for me. I found your podcast as I was beginning to deepen my experience with crystals and it has been a go to for my learning. I look forward to your episodes every week. I'm listening to older episodes in between and I just love your show so much. Thank you so much, Ashley, for making this information relatable and understandable for deepening my practice with my stones. Hugs from Florida. Anna H., thank you so much for your sweet review. I really appreciate your kind words, and I'm so glad that it's, you know, helping to break down some more complicated crystal things and make them really easy to understand. I really appreciate that. That's always my goal. 
And again, if you enjoyed the show today and you would like to subscribe to the podcast, I would be super grateful. You can head over to loveandlightschool.com slash listen to find all the places where you can subscribe or stream episodes, as well as see our most popular episodes and our most recent episodes. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Connect with us online at loveandlightschool.com or on social at loveandlightschool. Content provided on or through our website or podcast makes no claims for specific or general health or health results and should not be used to examine, diagnose, or treat any medical condition, prescribe medications, make claims for specific or general healing or health results, or as a substitute for traditional medical treatment. For medical advice, you should consult a licensed healthcare specialist. For more information, please refer to the terms of use on our website at loveandlightschool.com.